Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, uh, nice to see you again, buddy. Yes. I'm, Dave, I'm... Dave how's, how's your banking relationship these days? Ah, uh, good, good question. Um, I know some good, I know a really good guy at BDC who's helped me out a few times. Yeah, me too. BDC has yeah. been awesome. They're, they're a B Corp. Did you know that? I, 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 I understand that. I've heard that. I've heard that. Anyway, this, the, the next guest has nothing to do with, or the next conversation probably has very little to do with the bank or BDC. However, can, can uh, I point something out? Just, yeah. there's, there's elections going on in, mm-hmm. in uh, New Brunswick and with a number of municipalities and in the past, I've gotten really nervous because a group of people, um, I think, associated with you, Greg, in some way, started putting up signs about me running for, and, and it was like fake, fake news, right? And um, and I'm really happy to hear we're talking to someone who actually is running legitimately because the signs for Handsome Dave that were showing up uh, in social media and beside real candidates' names was like, Nerve wracking, so, but it was it was a great practical joke, and I deserved it as my my okay. my own mother. So, said. so listen before before we give great honor to uh, uh, this amazing candidate slash uh, incredible banker of ours, uh, Chris Daigle. Uh, I Chris, I don't know if you remember this, but Dave Vale it looked like he was running for politics a long time ago. He had a big sign on the side of the road, say "Vote for Handsome Dave," and <laughs> honestly, he thinks I was behind it, and I just wish I was. It was very clever. I literally wasn't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. But, but Dave. But here's what I learned. Here's what I learned. It takes, and, and in all seriousness, it takes a lot of courage to put your name forward. Um, and uh, I I have never had. And he didn't. And Dave didn't. I, I don't have the uh, inclination, but I sure am interested in someone who does. And that's our guest. But I had to bring that up. I had to talk okay, about but, that. But, but Dave, I, I need to wrap something up. I, okay. I literally, and you're not even going to believe me, but. Something was dropped off about six months ago to my office. And I don't know how, I literally do not know who dropped it off. Are you ready? I'm ready. Ah, that, yeah. And you had nothing to do with it. Uh, Dave, I am not kidding you. I had nothing to do Why with it. Why would they it. drop this, it off your office? Somebody's trying to pull a prank on me, I think. Oh, I, for a little while, I thought you said this to me to, to frame me. It's what I thought. No, I would like that's the first I've seen it. This is okay. Well, I think I think we're gonna have to talk to Kim because I think Kim knows okay. something that you and I wow. don't. Anyway, I Chris Dagle is a legitimate candidate yes. for this upcoming. <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry you had to go through that, but like this awkward thing has been going on. <laughs> Dave's been blaming me for this amazing, hilarious hoax that was not me. I wish it was. And uh anyway, um the plot thickens, but you are legitimately throwing your hat in, man. And we are so stoked. Chris Dagle, good friend incredible musician and a banker that supports businesses like uh, Dave and mine at uh, Vision Coaching and Hemmings House. Welcome to The Boiling Point. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, Dave. I really appreciate that. 
Sorry, we, we we hogged like a good tenth of this whole podcast half hour. That's fine. Hey, I I enjoy it. It's 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 great. What we want to do, like when you when you you reached out and said, "Hey guys, would you be interested?" In, like, and I was like, "Absolutely." And and maybe if we could start, Chris, I'm just um I I grew up. Uh, my father was a politician. Um, I saw it from the side of being a, a son of a politician, and um, and it was uh it, it didn't really it, it made me you know appreciate what people do and putting their names forward um but also the reality is it's a tough slog you have to have thick skin and and so i'd like to start by going like let tell us a little bit about the motivation um you know and and i think that's that is important why what motivates people to 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 (laughs) go to public office because there's a lot of different reasons people will do it um 10 years ago when i started a new career uh, totally different than get on got into the commercial banking world. Uh, I realized right from the start, I had a direct impact on my community. And uh, it was through a, a lens that I had never seen before. And that was through local businesses and those local businesses providing jobs, services, and, and what have you to, to our community. And that's what almost became like a foundation for me. It's like, if I can help my local businesses survive, I help my local community, my local economy. We become th- we we become a thriving community, um, and to be so self-serving is. I was at that same time. I was seeing people, young people, leave St. John, leave New Brunswick, and I don't want that to happen to my kids. Ten years down the road, I want us to have you know taking this position at the bank. Uh, besides the point is I realized I loved having a direct impact on what was happening in St. John and helping that our community grow, our economy grow. Uh, and the op- we're talking with a few of the different people in St. John that are involved in different uh, parts of municipal government, whether it be committees or staff. Uh, it, it, got my, it got me even thinking more, how can I, how can I do more for St. John? Uh, how can I take what experience I have and really make it a, uh, um, you know, a, even take it to the next level, I guess is the way I want to see it. it's that quality of life that take the financial information. And I, I'm going, I have all this stuff. I have all this, like a passion for the city. Now uh, I, I understand the financial side. I said, this is, I have something to give. And I think at the end of the day, that's probably the big thing is I want to give back to my community continually, whether it's through my job or through, what I choose to do with my, with my, my extra time, what little it is. Uh, that's, that's pretty much the driving force of it. it. It's giving back to my community at the end of the day. Chris, um, someone who's been here for the bulk of your life, like myself, um, mm-hmm. like most people, when they, when they put their hat into the, into the ring to, uh, to run, they, they've got a vision, uh, an agenda, if you will, and not an agenda in a, in a negative way, in a, in a, in a very positive way. Uh, what do you see as a platform maybe that already exists here that you want to build on or a brand new one that you want to uh, spearhead? Uh, what, what's the unique vision that you're going to bring to the table? And, and, and I'm glad people look at me and say, oh, the banker's running, so it's all about the finance. But you know what? I don't run because of the finance. My vision for St. John um, it, it coincides with what's the message we've been receiving for the past couple of years. We need to draw people to the city to live here. We need people to stay in the city. And my whole premise about this, my whole raison d'etre is 
we have to give people a reason to want to be here in St. John. So that's my vision is, is okay, I understand the financial side of it. So what that gives me, I think, a, a good glimpse into saying, okay, so that's good. I keep the financing here, but we really need to have a vision to draw people to St. John and keep people here. We don't, not that it's a bad thing to live in Ross Lake, West Bamsis, Grand Bay. Those are fantastic communities. But at the end of the day, St. John is the hub for the, you know, for, for this, for the spokes that are out there. Um, I really, my vision is balancing that finance side and, and, and really increasing our quality of life. Cause that's the, unfortunately with the exercise we've had to do with our financial side of the city, we really need to focus for the next few years on quality of life. And whether that be roads or sidewalks or services like playground programs or our parks, uh, our, you know, what we, how we promote our arts and culture, promote our recreation. These are the things that when you say, I want to live in St. John, it's not, I don't want to live here because I've got a bunch of cranes in the sky. I live here because of these are the services. So my vision is what's going to draw people to St. John. That's, that's my, that's, that's my lens I'm looking through right now. That's the hook, the hook for you. So, so it's not that you just, want to have your face in the paper all the time and want, <laughs> want all the glory and, you know, you want the, the power and that kind of thing. Not at all. It's, it's, uh, I, you know, so not Chris. I, no, no, I, you know, I'd rather be in behind the scenes. I don't mind, uh, uh, you know, look at this face. Come on. No, um, I, 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 I love doing the work I do behind the scenes. There's a lot of anonymity, uh, yeah. as a banker and, and, but I still feel so proud of all the businesses I help. And I say, you know, I'd also feel proud. I like to have that same sense of pride of helping my city grow. And, and, and you guys are like me, we've all got young families. Our kids are all relatively young um, and we want them to grow up in the city where there's lots of stuff for them to do exposure to arts, cultures, community, diversity, all of that. And I see that for St. John, we have, it's amazing how many different people and different cultures are here in the city. When you start walking around and you know what it's, it's, uh, the, the amount of discussions I've had with my two boys who are 11 and nine, just about culture is, is, is so in, in, invigorating for me. And it's like, these are the, you know, again, quality of life. I want my kids to be able to experience the same thing you would experience in Toronto when it comes to you walk down the street and you see all walks of life, all cultures, why, you know, seeing that in St. John as well and being able to promote that uh, and, and coming up with ideas to, to put that in the spotlight, those are things that really that really excite me. You know, I was obviously having fun with you, um, in, you know, <laughs> and, but, but but no, but I because I know you as as someone who um, you know doesn't probably need a spotlight, but the fact that like like I wonder, like I really admire when someone's willing to step out, maybe of the of you know behind the scenes and say, okay, I'm willing to step forward. Like that's a, and that can be a hard thing to do. What's that? What's it been like for you to just to, you know, probably first convince your wife that this is a reasonable thing to do. <laughs> and then to, you know, you know, tell your family and your friends and, you know, what, what's that experience been like? And, and that's, you know, the politics, getting into politics is, uh, has been something that's always been on, on my mind. Um, I grew up, uh, my, my grand, my, my dearly departed grandmother, uh, Eva Daigle, she uh, she was she loved politics. She loved talking about Pierre Trudeau and talking. About, I remember talking about free trade and all this stuff with her. She loved talking about. It. So from a young age, I was like immersed in Canadian politics. And then went to university, 
So it's something that was always there. And, and talking to my wife about it, she knows I have a passion for, for helping. I guess I, I you know, I want to help everybody. I want to help the little guy, the big guy. It doesn't matter. So it wasn't too hard to convince her. Uh, I guess the, and the big challenge right now is getting used to shifting that focus and that conversation from, I'm always talking about business when it comes to my professional life, but now I'm talking about other things. I'm talking about the environment. Uh, I've had, it's the conversations, like wonderful conversations with people at St. John wanting to know my views on diversity and inclusion. What do I think about growth? What do I think about, uh, you know, playground programs? What do I think about the fields? Like it's, it's, it's the amazing, that start has been somewhat challenging because I have to change my mindset and I have to think about my answers, but gee, I don't want to commit to anything, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I do want people to know what I stand for. So um, it, it really is anything you can say can be used in, 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 in not against you, not going to court of law or anything, but it's just like, you, you really have to be mindful of what you're saying and what you're putting out there. But I, I am, I figure, feel like I have enough integrity that what I do say, I'll stand, I stand behind what I say. And so it's been, uh, and then also, it's been interesting. <laughs> so few uh, leaders that I've seen in the political spectrum are okay to acknowledge that they've changed their perspective as well. Because you might get in six months in mm. and then you, you realize that something that you're campaigning on, a platform issue is like, we can't focus on that right now. There's something else far more, you know, and to be okay and not be prideful in, mm. you know, and uh, I think that's really important. To, and that's an entrepreneurial approach is, you know, going in with integrity and values, <laughs> you know, but not yep. making any promises. Please, Chris Dagle, do not make any no, promises. No promises. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, and le- leading uh, by that example and then really just being open with people uh, moving forward. Now, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the... Um, diversity inclusion piece, um, especially connected to your vision of a, a very multicultural, um, you know, uh, community that we have. And, uh, you know, the BDC is a B Corp. So you're, you've been pulled into that world and I'm deeply pulled into it. Um, and right now I'm going through, this is the coolest sounding thing, but I'm going through Jedi training right now, which mm-hmm. is, uh, which is uh, justice, equity, diversity, inclusion. And it's really an anti-racism course for entrepreneurs. And, uh, in the, it's, it's mostly U.S. Uh, focused where um, anti-Black racism is so it's mm. so in the forefront. It's not that it doesn't exist in Canada. It sure does. <laughs> and yeah. here in our own community, it sure does. But um, it's been really cool for my eyes to be opened because the U.S. is really in the forefront right now of this massive political shift of mm. so many people saying enough's enough. And that's why we're seeing it starting, that wave starting to happen here. So much so that within your four-year term, this might become a, a very substantial issue that needs to be dealt with. So um, I'm just curious about what, you know, as people have been talking to you about those particular issues and knowing already knowing your family stance on um, inclusion and uh, you know, like you already are, uh, you know, supportive of these concepts, but what has some of your thinking been around uh, appro- approaching these and standing for something there? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's very easy to hide behind, I'm, you know, the, I'm, I'm the white male. I come, you know, not that I come from privilege, but I come from privilege in my skin color and my gender. So I think it's easy to hide behind that and say, well, I don't understand. I can't put myself in your shoes. I think the courageous part when it comes to talking about systemic racism, 
uh, uh, you know, uh, racism, diversity, and all that is the courageous part is someone like me standing up. I, yeah, I really don't know what it's like to walk a mile in your shoes, but please, I want to walk beside you so that I understand it. And so that I can use my position to help you lift up from what position you might be in. So um, I've had this, I talked to uh, my, one of my sons about this and, and it's just trying to clarify, it's not about bringing anybody down to the same level, it's rising people up. And I think as a city and municipality, we have opportunities to help those from the, the, the disenfranchised and, and, and uh, you know, from, from cultures that might not necessarily have had the same advantages that we've had, but help them rise up and, and promote that. And whether that is standing up for them in, in, in marches or promoting activities, uh, doing public education on stuff like it's Ramadan right now. And I, and I had to, my kids asked me about that. So I had to explain that to them. So they now understand what, you know, from my limited knowledge, but again, we we've gone through it as a family together to understand what, what's the meaning of Ramadan and, and that Holy month uh, in, in, the, in the Islamic world. So these are things where I could use my, you know, the, my power for good is, is the way I look at it. And plus when you, you have a, an organization like the city with, you know, you've got employees, you have unions, you have, you have so many different uh, forces on there. This is where you also have to take a look at systemic racism within an organization. We've done, you know, I've been involved in a couple of larger organizations where diversity inclusion has had to be on the forefront as times have changed. And that's where, you know, I, where I stand is I, I would love to be part of, you know, you want to be part of the solution. So I, I don't, I'm not afraid to stand up for somebody that I, you know, stand, I, you stand up for the little guy or stand up for someone who really needs a voice that'll be there. So that's, that's where I picture myself. And it's, it, you know, that's, that's basically where I, the position I come from. It's, I, I can't, I've never walked a mile in your shoes, but believe, believe me, I want to walk there with you and help you. Um, that's, that's nice. That's, yeah. So that's actually, well, I really like how you, you stated that articulated that. Um, what I was wondering, Chris, like what are, you know, there's a lot of burning issues. What, what are the ones, you know, challenges, um, this, you know, this is not a young city. Um, nope. it's been around for, uh, you know, <laughs> since what year? When, when, I think since, uh, well, since oh. confederation, right. Right? we're the yeah, first well, incorporated that's... city in Canada. So we're talking. Right. So was 19, was eighty five the uh, two cent uh, two fifty right? No, no, uh, no. Nineteen uh, two thousand and one. No, two thousand eleven was our two twenty five. Was it not two twenty five? Two thousand eleven. Yeah, that's sorry. right. So there you go. We're we're two thirty six. Yeah. So you know, I mean, and 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 com- what what comes with that? Like, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw everyone like oh, uh, into a math. Don't make us do math. math. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm just thinking, you know, so there's a lot of legacy issues, right? You know, there's a lot of things yeah. that that I become aware of, um, and I'm just wondering, like, what are the what are the ones that are you think going to be most challenging for the next council, Marin Council, to take on? Uh, I take, you know, and I and I, you've got to look to what the previous council did, and they went through probably one of the hardest exercises any city could go through. And that is a financial exercise They're, They went through and they had to cut. It wasn't, it wasn't a good exercise and I don't envy anybody that was in that position, but they were looking at cutting millions of dollars from the budget because we were spending more than what we were bringing in, in our revenues. Um, so you, you've got a long-term financial plan in place and you need that as a guide 
and I say a guide, not necessarily a, a roadmap, because you, as a guide, you, it's got to be it's got to be a living document because the needs of the city are there. So when I take a look at, okay, I've got a long term financial plan, but I do have a lot of issues around. Again, as I said, call it the quality of life, and and it's having that balanced approach to marry the two. Um, so uh, we have infrastructure that, in some areas, is is literally crumbling. We have sidewalks. Uh, and roadways that people can't walk on or drive on. They're, they're, it's, it's almost embarrassing. And then you see cranes in the sky and you see developers wanting to come in and put a beautiful brand new building. So you need a balance in there. Balance is, is key. So taking, and, and Greg, you'll appreciate this, is again, this is something I teach my kids. I said, you've got the data and the data is telling you one story, but then there's, some, then there's the experience, the storytelling that's coming from from your residents, from your employees, and you have to marry the two of them together. So when you take a look at that quality of life, um, so again, the infrastructure I think is huge uh, so that we have, and that's not just, and infrastructure for me isn't just roads and, and sidewalks. We've got parks. Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, there's now a Dominion Park Community Association, and they're looking to rebuild their what they've had because there was years and years of neglect and flood, flooding happened in the area and they lost their building and there's so much damage to that area. So rather than investing, they're now rebuilding. So, and I think they're two different money rather than expanding and making the park bigger. Now they have to just reestablish what they already had. Because So again, you have to balance the needs and take a look what's important. What is it? What's keeping people in the city? Is it the cranes or is it the fact that I can have a park where I can go swimming and boating and hiking and have barbecues with my family and all that is so again i believe it's the balance and so that's one of the issues i really think is important is looking after our infrastructure hand in hand with the growth that we're having um and, and the other thing that i see it, it is about around growth and it's done in a way that it's good for all the all the residents of St. John and 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 again I'm I'm a banker. I love seeing cranes in the sky. I go to Toronto, Montreal and you see 25 cranes in there. So seeing two or three in ours is fantastic. Um, but is it really addressing the needs of affordable housing and what can what's the city's role in helping those that don't necessarily uh, that might be below the poverty line or that are in the you know, the poor middle class, we need as a, a municipality find incentives and work with other levels of government to ensure that our residents are looked after right from the, from the person struggling to the one that's thriving so that everybody has, you know, has a good quality of life. So that's the other side of the coin is we got to make sure that the city is livable for all, you know, it's livable mm. for everybody. Yeah. And I think that's a, uh, especially right now, uh, like I was just hearing on CBC this morning that, that uh, New Brunswick, has right now the, the per capita highest rental rates in the whole, uh, or sorry, rate increase. I'm sorry, not, yeah. not rates, but um, in the whole country, which is just absurd and crazy, but it's, it's, it's upping itself to market standards across right. the country. Um, but this whole dialogue around rent control, it's, it's very important, but it's a, it's a natural force that if you don't depend on the bud at the beginning, it, it's very difficult to call it back. So um, it'd be really interesting to see in this inc incredible time of mass change that's happening, yep. how this next council with hopefully you uh, as part of it, Chris, um, I agree, yeah. navigate the, like 
it's not status quo thinking anymore. <laughs> you know? No, you, you've got to come up with innovative ways and creative ways to, to, to run your city. There's, there's limited tax dollars. There's, there's limited things that the city can do. And you don't, you know, should the city be involved in everything, every passive life? No, definitely not. But we do need to be involved in making sure that at least our, uh, our residents have, you know, have that fundamental right of, of, of a roof over their head, clean water. Um, th- those are those are important uh, issues that the city should again, and it's not something St. John's going to solve on its own. There's three levels of government here. There's many of different social development agencies that all have a stake in this, and it's it's going to take a collaborative effort. And that's where we need to be at the table. And if it's inv- it's offering incentives to developers, uh, building owners, uh, doing providing the data, so at least you know collecting data from that at that municipal level is, is so important as well, so that they that we're making decisions that it, that it, have positive impacts for everybody. And that's where we, we need to have a night, a good vocal seat at the table, I guess is the way I look at it and coming up with solutions rather than pointing at provincial government. This is a provincial issue. You need to fix it. Well, no, it's, it's a human right. It's a human issue. It's, it's something that we, we have to look at for all of our you know residents. I hate seeing walking around town and seeing people on the ground with signs looking for money. Um, it's, it, it's, it's shameful. And, we need to be able to look after, you know, our, 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 our residents that are having, you know, the most difficult time. And we can't just say, oh, it's a provincial issue. Let's put it off to the side. And we can't also say, well, where are we going to come up with the money for that? We have to be creative. We have to. And that's, I think, the, when you have a council with a lot of the same members for the past nine years, maybe a little bit of new blood is a good idea because you need some new, fresh, innovative ideas. And that's where Ooh, I'm hoping I come in. He's throwing, <laughs> he's throwing the gauntlet down. He's this is good. This Damn. is good. Damn. Um, actually, you know, that touches on another topic, which I find really interesting is um, as I understand it, like there's a record high number of, of, you know, candidates, you know, for council yeah. there in St. John and that, and I'm just like, that's really cool. Um, I mean, that says a lot about people like yourself, our passion mm. about wanting to be part of, of making a difference. And, uh, you know, and I just, I really, I really admire it, Chris. Um, I don't, I kind of go to the grocery store and I, I hope I don't see anyone I know because I just, I just, you know, like I want, I just, I don't know, it's that kind of introverted part of me where I'm just like, oh, so, <laughs> so I, I really, anyone that's in municipal politics. <laughs> so Greg holding up the sign. Yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah. it, it wouldn't be a good thing for me. Um, so, you know, you're giving up a lot of privacy and you're going to, mm. and you're willing to do that clearly. And, and, and a number of your, a number of people alongside you are doing the same thing. And, I just, I honestly, I'm really, I find that very inspiring and, and I'm, I'm really happy for you guys. So um, now did your campaign manager uh, give you any, like said, you know, I don't know the bowling point. Like, is that yeah, really, that's a, it's a little lowbrow. Is it like, you know, is, that, <laughs> is that off brand for you? Or like, I was little, you know, we, we, we were, but we're honored to have you on, but, um, but I'm sure you had to have a little battle there as well. No, not, you know what? Not really. What I like about, you know, when I was trying to find something that sets me apart and I didn't want to stray too far from, uh, you know, from my background and the fact that both of you guys are entrepreneurs, you both, you know, you're both here in this, in, in Southern New Brunswick in the St. John area, you both have families. You're my demographic at the end of the day, you're my demographic. I want, and, and if anything, it was just a good conversation to have with, 
like-minded people. We, we want to live in a place that uh, respects our, you know, respects the residents. We want to live in a place where we have a cultural diversity that we can share with our families. We want to have, uh, again, uh, businesses that are thriving that we can, whether it's restaurants or it's the services we need, it's filmmaking, it's business coaching, it's the being on the boiling point in my mind is being with my kin. It's like, you guys are, you know, you guys are who I, I, not that I strive to be, but I want, these are the, you are the people that I want to be with. And those, and that's how I want my kids to see that we've got wonderful businesses in our city that are not necessarily tied to the city too. You guys are innovative. You're out of, you know, your market is anywhere you need to be in the world because you use technology and, and and I love it. And I, it's just, and it's that's why I think being with you guys was important to me. Um, I, that at the end of the day, it's it, you're uh, you kind of embody what I like to see, what I what I think Saint you know what is good about Saint John. So, wow, well hey, that's, that's that's an hey. honor. That's the nicest thing any guest that. has ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <before. laughs> I'm glad we're not. I'm glad we're not drinking beer like we usually do on a Thursday afternoon doing the <laughs> podcast. Um, no. I, so how do people find more about your platform, you know, who you are that don't know you like we know you um, and want to yeah. know more about you? It's a, it's a crazy campaign because you're not, we're not going door to door. There's, uh, there is next week, Thursday, there is an online forum that's being run through UMBSJ. Uh, but the main thing that so that's, to find so that's, me is. Sorry, that's Thursday, April 29th. 26th. So sorry, it might not be Thursday. The, it's the 26th. I'll, okay. I'll have that. So the best place to go is my Facebook page. So it's, you know, facebook.com obviously, but just type Chris Daggle ward four and uh, all my information's there. Um, having, I'm updating all the events. So there's that form. Uh, I am going, and I do am going out in the neighborhoods. I'm not knocking on doors. There's no sense in making anybody feel uncomfortable, but I am walking in the neighborhoods with my sign. I've been to Lakewood Heights and Forest Hills or doing Champlain Heights uh, uh, on Saturday Glen Falls, like it's, it's, that's the best place, but Facebook is probably going to be the number one place to go. Okay. It seems to be, that's where most of the, the uh, candidates are for when, this election are. When you get in, I have a, an idea for, to bring in more revenue. And I was thinking that you could put a tax on um, moorings near Ragged Point. How about a wealth tax on the uh, sea <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, you get, yeah, no uh, tax. Yeah. Tax revenue is obviously our big thing. No, but that, yeah, that's it. Greg, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. As long as I'm on that sailboat at least once or twice a summer. Um, no problem. I owe both you. For, you you, no you heard it here. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Greg is going to be safe with the sailboat. Um, yeah. I need to borrow a sea boot, a sea do there. Uh, oh. Valley too. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got one. It doesn't run too well, but there's uh there's one certain. As long as you're cool to swim it back in the, from the middle of the river. <laughs> then that's okay. Love swimming in the river. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this, I got one for you then. Chris, right. a pleasure to see you, man. And best uh, wishes on this uh, campaign. And we're proud of you for doing it, man. This, yeah, is, uh, this awesome, is great. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. I really appreciate this. And May 10th, Chris Daggle, Ward 4, St. John. There's my plug. <laughs> Thanks, Love Chris. It. Take care, buddy. Thanks, guys. Stuff, Bye yeah. now. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Now, Dave. Um, after after Chris says goodbye, <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you who uh, who did the uh, 
this thing here. It wasn't okay. me. I'm leaving. I'm leaving now. I don't want to hear. <laughs> oh, you, I'll see Chris, you. oh yeah, you don't want to hear the inside of this one. Hey, Chris. No, I'm gonna press, I'm gonna press stop on record. See you, Chris. See you Take later, care, guys. Buddy. Take care. Bye. <laughs> I bet Ernie Trombley. So I'm not gonna say the word because I'm gonna I'm gonna press stop and Jean Viet's probably gonna stop it right here anyway. So okay, I'm gonna press stop. So all of our all of our uh, listeners are gonna be like, who was it? Well, I'm gonna tell you right now, Dave. It was. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback.